0: Hello and welcome to Game Pass Forever, a standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. Each month we dive into a new game off the Xbox Game Pass lineup. This segment exists because of the generous support of our backers on Patreon. If you enjoy this content, please visit patreon.com slash O-I-O and consider pledging $2 a month to support the show. I'm your host, Tom Sidlachik, and joining me today are the Hobby Box, Joe Burns. Ayo! And... Doctor C Casey Aline. Why why are you laughing when you say your name? I, I
1: hit my nose
0: on the mic, that's why. Oh.
1: So you said do I? is it usually this way or that way? I think
0: it's usually the other way because I never hit my nose on the mic before. But <laughs> oh. we're good, we're good. Excellent. Well what an amazing <laughs> open to the show. Also here is Doctor C. Casey Aline. What's happening, everybody? For October's Game Pass Forever Game, our benevolent overlords on Patreon chose Outriders by Polish developer People Can Fly. This studio is known for their work creating Bulletstorm, Gears of War Judgment, and Fortnite. But not Fortnite as you know it, Fortnite Save the World Mode, the standalone uh, single-player non-battle royale unfortunate direction that this game started in. Outriders is a narrative-driven, sci-fi, third-person shooter set on a distant planet as humanity tries to create a new existence after fleeing Earth. The core gameplay loop has you exploring a small area, completing a story mission or two, moving on to the next area, blasting lots of enemies, upgrading your gear, and repeating for 15 to 20 or so hours. Shooters are a very popular genre. That is the hard-hitting analysis that you get on the Outside is Overrated podcast. Shooters are popular. (laughs) Casey, you come to this game with a relatively clean slate. (laughs) Casey, you took some umbrage to this. (laughs) Well, now, I'm not saying that you've never played a shooter before, but I guess where I was coming from was Joey and I have been playing shooters since, like, PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. and you're a relative newcomer to the, like, AAA gaming scene. Is that fair? I
2: Yes, that is a fair sense. Compared to you <laughs> and Joey, yes, I am definitely, uh, have not played as many shooters as you. However, I have played a few with you and uh specifically with you which is why i thought it was funny where you were like hey you don't play many games and i'm like tom we played through freaking the whole entire series of halo nope, we played not nope, through- nope. let's stop not there. the whole series not the whole first series. game yes if you would and if you listen to the podcast you know because we talked about it but and then we played like 10 hours of gears 5 together and i'm like wait a minute what am i chopped liver i've never played <laughs> i've never
0: played any shooters before
2: But no, yes, in comparison to you guys, I I am a a shooting virgin, I I guess, is is one way of putting it.
0: Born again shooting virgin. Born
2: born again (laughs) shooting virgin.
0: Because you played shooters back in the day. You played Goldeneye. Yes,
2: I played Goldeneye, the original kick-ass game, and I still love going back and beating up on my neighbors every once in a while with that. And uh, it doesn't hold up, but it's still fun.
0: And I remember you and Patrick having some pretty epic battles in that game.
2: Pat was definitely, yeah, uh, he's he's very good at that game as well. It'd be fun to uh, He
0: was good at that game. I bet he'd be rubbish now. Probably. He, yeah. Well, probably. trying to go back to that game now is rubbish. Trying to go back to the Nintendo 64 in general is rubbish. Hey, buy that expansion pack for your Switch for 30 bucks a month. Yeah, a year?
1: A year. 30 a bucks year. a year. Think uh, 30 bucks a month. Like I don't think anybody, even the most hardcore Nintendo fanboy, I don't think they would even jump in on it. I'm going to a month. I'm going to have to do that just to play Ocarina
0: of Time for the first time.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I just wait until you know you want to play it.
0: Oh, okay. Never. I mean, I want to play it, but when will (laughs) I have time? I don't know. My girls will go to school in like five years. So yeah. 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 The fuck are we talking about? Next time you're Uh, icing your
2: balls, maybe you could do it.
0: Oh yeah. No, that's Witcher time. (laughs) That's Witcher time. So Casey, how'd you like this game?
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah. So back to topic, I, I really 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 like this game. I thought my the, so far the overall uh, experience has been fantastic. Uh, loving the combination of a third-person shooter combined with superhero powers uh, that's something that I've never experienced before. Uh, I also love all the options to customize how you want to play your character the skill tree and choices when it comes to what types of powers you want to use give everyone a
0: really unique experience. Bernsey your initial thoughts on outriders?
1: Yeah, I mean, I also, like, Casey really liked the the skill tree and, like, the leveling of weapons, I think, is, is interesting and unique compared to a lot of other shooting games. Uh, and, and so I think that is one of the things that stands out with it, as well as, I think, how different the over-the-top abilities are compared to some other games, or games that are at least, like, co-op in this similar genre like this, I would say.
0: And for me, the moment-to-moment gameplay is where this game shine. Like, it was just super fun jumping in, blasting dudes, firing off a bunch of fire abilities. And I also loved the upgrade system. Burns, we both played a number of single-player, or single and squad-based shooters. Where does Outriders draw its inspiration?
1: I would say it toes the line between, like, Destiny-type games and Borderlands-type of games. and And from what I've heard of, the bullet storm games. I think there's more than one bullet storm game, or at least they did a remake that added like Duke Nukem into it or some crap like that. Uh, The quirky comedy and just like bullet hell gameplay of it, like just shooting out 600 rounds of one, of one type of ammo and you know, a hundred rounds of another type of ammo in one fight and then running out of ammo. I I feel like that has a lot of bullet storm uh, types of things. That's kind of the MO that people, Uh, can fly has and so i think it takes a lot of inspiration from those those different games i also thought that like the menu system was very much like destiny or like anthem um the cities and towns were a lot like that
0: it's interesting to me that you drew that comparison with how little we played anthem like you never played beyond when we played in the demo right
1: Right, but you spend so much of the time slowly walking through the town where you don't walk through the town nearly as slowly, but you're going through these different areas where the people are, and it just seemed a lot like that, and there's there's people hanging around that makes it filled with a little bit of life, whereas if you're looking at Destiny, it's just a bunch of random players running around, and you have like the five shopkeepers, and that was it.
0: Yeah, and it was, the comparisons to Destiny are like, undeniable. It is you made a <clears> note <throat> that they basically stole a menu system, and like, they're when I booted it up, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so Destiny. The gameplay itself is different enough that it felt very different from Destiny for me, but I definitely saw that imprint on it.
1: Yeah, and I think any looter shooter definitely takes inspiration from Borderlands. And so there's some of that in here. Uh, though since it's more realistically rooted, um, it's maybe a little bit more like The Division than Borderlands uh, in how
0: the gear and collecting the gear actually works in this game. I'm glad you brought that up because we all enjoyed the upgrade system. And to summarize it quickly for our listeners, basically when you have an item, you have armor slots for a head chest, arms, legs, feet. You have two primary weapons and you have a sidearm. And each one of those items that you have for each of those slots can either be leveled up or you can increase the attributes for it. So like your assault rifle could give you more max life or it could help you do more anomaly damage, which is like your special powers. Or your uh, armor has different attributes to it too. You can level them up. You can increase their rarity. It has a standard RPG rarity system from standard to like magic to elite to purple to orange legendary legendary yeah it goes up to legendary thank you for helping me with words you know i got my orange tier gear you know it's real good top of the line stuff here top, top of the line and where this game it's differs orange. Where this game differs from, say, Borderlands, is in Borderlands you're constantly trashing your gear mm-hmm. and upgrading with new stuff. In this game, if you like your weapon, if you like your look, like you can keep leveling your stuff with you. I found I did that for most of the game. Occasionally I'd find upgrades that I just couldn't pass up, and then I'd be leveling up a new item. But I loved that system.
1: The difficulty with it though is once you take it up to
0: the purple tier. <laughs> I mean, the gear is purple. Everyone understands that purple gear is one step below legendary. Legendary. Is it rare? Is
1: that what purple is? I guess I don't even... Or blue is rare. Epic?
0: Epic? Green. I think the tier is magic is green. Blue is uh, rare. Rare. Purple is epic and orange is legendary. Legendary? Got it. There you go. There's your gamer colors. Everybody go home now. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I think that... (laughs) The difficulty
1: was, is once you got that up to the epic level, then you needed to spend titanium in order to level it up more. Whereas before you were just using, uh, if it was armor, you would use leather. And if it was a gun, you'd use iron that you could find, which is much more plentiful than the titanium where you get very low amounts of that throughout the game. And so once you get those up to that other level, it was really hard to level them up past that once you get the rarity up to the to the epic level, and so that that was where it became a little bit more difficult to try to keep progressing those weapons. But since it was epic, unless you found an epic piece of gear that could take its place, it you probably weren't going to drop that, right? Right, or disassemble
0: that. Well, I got to a stage in the game where I did find some. Rares that had better stats than the. I hate that you guys made me go away from my colors. <laughs> I had some blues that were better than purples, and so I'd change, and then I'd level them up as much as I could, and then I'd try to upgrade the tier to legendary again.
2: Yeah, and you, you couldn't upgrade to a legendary gear. Uh, the epic was that was the max. Right, because so you couldn't actually go from epic to legendary. You had to actually find a legendary PC, unless game.
1: later in the game you find a way to do that. I guess I don't, but I don't think, I don't so. think
2: so. But
0: it's according true. to our friend, the old kick camel from the OIO Discord, Joe Martin, McMartin, Mick Martin, Mick. Joe Mick Martin, Joe I'm, Martin's
1: a different person. Yeah, actually, a different person that you know.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so many Joes in your friend group, dude. There's,
1: it's 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 it's, it's a thing. There's yeah. a bunch
0: of Joes and there's a bunch of Mick and it's all just very confusing. And a me. Martin. So yeah, there's and a Joe Martin. McMartin
1: and a Joe Martin. Yeah, other McMartins. Anyways,
0: Joe McMartin said that he beat the game. He said there's no way that you can upgrade to epic to Correct. legendary. Oh I don't my. believe him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> You're wrong, McMartin.
2: Well, and kind of piggyback off uh, what you were talking about, Tom, is that like it, it's such a cool system in the sense that like what I liked is that because my character and we'll get into character types here in a second, my character is more of a tank. So like for me, I could find certain weapons or whatever that had like that increased in health bonus. Um, and I could keep that weapon or if I did happen to get an Epic or something with that, then I could salvage other ones with that same skill. And that's another thing that we didn't talk about is where, when you salvage that weapon, you actually get to keep that skill and then you can add that to other weapons. The mod. The mod. Yeah. Not the skill. Yep. Sorry. So, but like, I I just really loved the the weapon system and how they, they did everything because I just customizing your character and, and, being able to play it the way that you want to play it, they made it a lot easier by um, using this type of system.
1: Well, and, and it, it made you, I think it made you pay attention to the gear that you got more because then you were like, oh, sweet, when I disassemble this, I'm going to get this, which is what I'm looking to add to this weapon. And I, I think it was really interesting because in Borderlands, you're just like, all right, this is garbage I never use. I'm never going to use. So I just, you know, throw it away or whatever you do in Borderlands. I don't even remember what you really do with it. And, and, and having it mean something more, I think, added so much more to the game.
2: Yeah. So many other games are like that, where, like, this is a game where you're, you're leveling up as you go. So, like, and when you're leveling at that level, when you want get a box of gear, that's the level that you get. So, once, you know, in other games, if you get a bunch of level 15 gear, but then you advance to level 20, your level 15 gear is crap. So, you end up selling it or you end up scrap, scrapping it. This game, you can keep it and you can actually level up that gear as you go. Which is, I think, really unique and, and awesome.
0: I love you guys, and I love how much thought and uh, attention you put into your upgrades. I just went with the biggest numbers. It's like, oh, yeah, this is going to do some more damage. All right, well, burn down, burn all the other shit, and <laughs> yeah. like swap in the mods so that my Iron Man Fire Beam is as powerful as it can be, and go and grip it and rip it some more.
1: Yeah, I really liked certain mods, and I didn't really want to go through the hassle of having to place the mod then on the new one and I don't know. I I, I guess I didn't want to change it if I didn't have to.
0: Yeah. I was locked into a build at the end. Like I was all about my Iron Man like main blast out of my chest and like I had all those mods (laughs) unlocked from burning weapons before I even had the skill unlocked and
1: well and to be honest, at the end I most of the gear I was finding wasn't as good as what I had on. Like there was, was very rare that I would find green numbers that would say that it would, would be an improvement on the on the armor score or the weapon score. And so, yeah, so most of the time it was just disassembling them for the parts.
0: Yeah, one of the things I liked very much in this, when you hold your cursor over an item, like you had an option to pick it up, you had an option to hold down the X button to equip it, and you had an option to break it down before you even pick it up. So, like, you guys would be off in the firefight, and I'd be like, oh, well, I need to look at my loot here real quick. It's like, oh, green, burn it. That well, explains a lot, <laughs> that
1: explains a lot We're we're up here dying, and you're just like, doo, doo, doo.
2: yeah sure, uh, going <laughs> the take go absorb some door damage, yeah. sit through this loop for a while. <laughs> what happened to you
0: guys? <laughs> oh, do you need a re- revive? Oh you need to burn something <laughs> all right, flame on, <laughs> yo, and to be fair, like burns, you didn't play with me once I got the like Iron Man beam, and like most of the time that I spent with that skill was solo, and oh, I was just shredding with it. It was <laughs> awesome, nice, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about The Division, or we at least mentioned The Division. I felt a lot of Division influences here. It felt very Division-y, the way you're moving from like one objective to the next. I think so.
1: the big difference between The Division and this, though, is The Division was designed and is an open-world game, and this is very much not an open-world game. This, this is very is much a, a
0: set of corridors. Yes,
1: dropping you into the arena that you're going to go through, and sometimes you can take that into another arena or a different arena, depending upon what side quests you have. But otherwise, you're going into the specific area to do the thing. And then you're going back to the hub area for that to complete the quests and go back out from there or go on to the next hub. Whereas Division was just this huge open town, Division 2, which is what we played of Washington, D.C., and you just roam the you roam the streets and find what you want to find,
0: and you hope to God you didn't run into an area that was way higher level than you.
1: Right, right, which sometimes you would do. <laughs>
0: And your explanation of the arenas and the corridors felt very Destiny to me. I would like to point out that this game did not feel like D1 at launch to me. Because when we played Destiny at launch together, like all the missions would be in very similar environments. You'd be literally running up and down the same hallways to accomplish different things. And while this game is very narrow in scope, I felt like at least you didn't have to keep running up and down the same hallway as much as you did in D1.
1: I think at most it was three times you would maybe have to return to an area if you weren't picking up side quests before you go out on the main quest. Uh, uh, otherwise, it's basically you go out, do the things, go back, and it's like, okay, we're going to a new place now. And, and and I think that helps get away from the destiny mold, which was this is your base of operations. You're going out everywhere from this one space on this planet. And there's a ton of things that you're going out to do on this planet, so you're gonna have to walk through that same area, and you're gonna see that that same uh, mini boss in that same area, and you might have to fight him if you have to get past him, uh, which stunk, <laughs> and which is why I hated the
0: original Destiny. You hated Destiny so much, I did. One of the ways this game stands out to me is the that it combines elements of squad-based shooters with hero shooters. It's almost like a mashup of Wildlands and Overwatch in a PvE environment. The game gives you four characters to choose from. Let's talk about each of our characters and their strengths. Joy will start with you as I detach my cat's claws from my leg.
1: Yeah, your your cat didn't get the memo that he, he can't mess around with
0: your crotch. Oh my goodness, this cat, I had a vasectomy last week on Friday, so I've been a little tender in my crotch region. And this cat has never wanted to sit on my lap so bad. And like I had some recovery where I was just hanging out on the sofa, playing the witcher, like trying to take it easy. And the cat was like, hey, let me jump on your balls. I'm like, no, no, you cannot.
2: Oh, bear.
1: it's Just like every other cat, they're, they're, they're just there to torment you.
0: Yeah, I, I thought you were my buddy buddy.
1: (laughs) He looked away in shame for a second. And then he's like, ah, I'm going to come at you now.
0: Get out of here. Leave me alone.
1: (laughs) So my character who I named girl Alt of Rivia,
0: why did you name her girl? Alt of Rivia. Well,
1: So I didn't know what to create or who to create. And as I was going through and looking at the different faces and hairstyles, I found a hairstyle that I thought looked very much like Geralt's. And we've been prepping for the Witcher show for like three months now. And I've been reading the Witcher books and playing the Witcher three and, and so I was just like, hey, that's, that's Geralt's thing. So I'm going to make my character Geralt of Rivia. And so, yeah, and it's been fun. And I was the trickster. And the trickster is the rogue type of character for this game. So she has abilities that teleport the player around the environment. Uh, hunt the prey will jump behind the targeted enemy. So you could do like a backstab attack with one of your other uh, abilities or, or shoot them. Uh, And some of the mods that you get are going to give you different benefits depending upon what mods you have equipped. Uh, And then Borrowed Time, which was the one I was using uh, near the end of the game, will drop a marker in a spot, and then you can move around for up to 28 seconds and then teleport back to that marker. So it's like the opposite of that, where you can go out, get in the middle of things with your other abilities, then jump back to safety. And so like each of those different abilities gave you different ways that you could play the character. Uh, and then one of the other sets of abilities, uh, I, I can't remember what it was called. It starts with a D, but the name of the ability itself was oh, Deception was the type and, and Slow Trap was the name of it. And it basically created this aura around you that would slow down time and everything within it, whether it's the bullets coming through it or the enemies that are inside of it.
0: This was single handedly my favorite ability in the game. <laughs> a, it looked awesome. Like, it's super cool. Like, I, I'm hiding behind cover, I'm, like, shooting my sniper rifle at people, and this huge blue bubble pops up, and then everything, like, slows way down in it. Was, like, it was awesome because it looked awesome, and it just allowed us to shred enemies. And it was my favorite ability that any of us had, even more than my beloved phaser beam.
2: Yeah, you could set up some pretty sweet team combos with that sort of thing. Which he I'll didn't even
0: need a team has. combo. Not <laughs> trust me i played solo i need a team combo uh
1: yeah but slow trap was awesome I, I i don't think i've i think the last ability you unlock with the trickster is the other deception type ability uh that allows you to suspend enemies in air for like four seconds uh but i didn't unlock that to get to play with that uh yet
0: oh that is straight out of borderlands that's yeah. a phase
1: lock yo yeah pretty much uh, and so so that was like the other tenant of the class. The, the third one is your deep, high DPS types of abilities. Um, and I only really used the close combat ones. I didn't try the one ranged one that I got because I just didn't feel like that's the way I wanted to play the character. And so they are temporal blade where you just do a slice and then depending upon how much damage you put out, you like insta-kill them or at least take off like a good chunk of damage off of them. Uh, but then the one I started using later on is Cyclone Slice, where you basically just sit there and pirouette and just hit everything within range like a helicopter blade of doom.
0: Also very fitting for girl alt of Rivia. Yes, it was very, it was very fitting
2: and uh, super fun to watch too. That was one where <laughs> when these just massive mobs of these little like you would fight sometimes monsters and then you would fight like uh, like soldiers sometimes mm-hmm. too. These like little monsters would come on at you and Joey would just run ahead with his character, hit this blade spin attack, and they just keep coming at you and at you and at you. So he would wipe out the entire group, and Tom and I would just kind of be watching. they like, wow. That was, that was fun for us, but
0: super cool to watch
2: <laughs> very,
1: a very effective against very low health enemies
0: yeah. well i found myself in a situation like that often in this game and i'll talk more about my character later but i was often at the very back of the arena with my sniper rifle trying to control the environment both of you guys had very up in your face classes and that just wasn't my character at all so it was interesting i got to watch you guys cause a lot of havoc i remember one battle in particular early on like there were bridges and you guys were like you guys were gone. I was like mm-hmm. back and the waves of enemy were rolling in behind you and like in front of me so they were caught in between us and it was just really interesting watching you both running around firing your abilities and I'm like boom! Fire wave! It's very It is very Tom. An- yeah, yeah, no, it's very Tom. Just <laughs> to stand back and just pick <laughs> stuff up. You're the one running through usually. Just...
1: That's, why, I, that's why That's we why we're. you picked the classes first and you picked the pyro class instead of the Trickster, which probably is the most Tom class, I would have thought.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I like mages. I like fire. I, I like abilities where I can throw fire. So, I don't know. It was a very anti-Tom class, but I had a lot of fun. I completely derailed you, though. No, that's fine. Uh,
1: each class also has a way that they heal. And so, for the Trickster, the way that you heal is by doing damage at close range or having enemies die in close quarters, and which can be really rough when your character doesn't have a lot of ways to buff your defense. So you're dependent just upon your armor values to be able to have that defense. So it made it really tricky for a while until I got borrowed time. Cause I would get stuck in the middle of things. Cause I had the leap forward ability, but then I couldn't get out, but that's where I found borrowed time helped. So i would just set something back in safety, get into the mix of things If things start going south, just jump back, and then hopefully I'm out of the way. What made it difficult was playing solo. The enemies know where you're at. Unless they're distracted by somebody else shooting at them, they know where you're at. So if I teleported back behind them, they're instantly turned around and coming at me again. So that made it really difficult to play the trickster solo because you really couldn't get out of aggro ever. Uh, And so that made it tricky. Uh, And because of what I've explained... The character feels very glass cannony, which I mean, is a lot like what a rogue would be if you're playing in a, like a tabletop RPG, um, which got frustrating with that. And then the weapons that I used that I gravitated towards with this character were the double gun, which is
0: it's an assault rifle, right?
1: It's, it's like a mixture between an SMG and assault rifle. So it usually has a faster, uh, a faster fire rate than an assault rifle would and does more like the damage of an SMG but it has a larger clip, similar to like uh, like an LMG almost. Uh, so you have a lot, of, a lot of ammo and you're spraying out there at them. Uh, it's not quite as accurate as an assault rifle. It's more like an SMG that way, but you can do it a little bit farther range than the up-close SMG would be. Uh, and then I also then, my secondary weapon was usually a shotgun. Uh, but then I also found uh, that the pistol that you have, everybody basically has a free pistol slot. Uh, And I found that I was actually utilizing that quite a bit against some of the bosses later on when we were playing, especially Tom, because you would run out of ammo. I would run out of ammo fairly quickly, especially on my shotgun. And even then, like some of those fights, the enemies are pretty far away. And I felt the pistol did a lot more damage than anything else that I had at range. And it was actually pretty effective in a lot of those fights because with the pistol, you have infinite ammo. You just have a smaller clip. Uh, and, And so... Uh, that actually ended up becoming pretty helpful for that. Uh, some of those that last time that we played together.
0: My clip would best be classified as average size. <laughs>
1: My clip is infinite. You've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, like see- so that's the trickster. <laughs> Would you like to see
0: Joey's Batwing? Well, you can't. You're no, not in the fraternity. No, so. I do not. <laughs> I've heard the story. It though. doesn't matter what <laughs> I've heard you the want. Story yeah, you've that.
1: heard the story. Tom made me tell it on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I
0: didn't make you. I just segueed like, into it. You could have just. Like, <laughs> I could have gotten got out of it. That is true. <laughs> you could have just started singing like a cat. <laughs> I did not want to leave people with blue balls. I mean, you can't do that. Meow 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 meow
1: meow. Off the rails yet again.
0: Meow meow meow. But that's a trickster. Meow 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 meow. <laughs> Casey you, play, cat <laughs> you played a tank Casey what was your experience like as the Devastator uh
2: the Devastator was a super fun uh character to play
0: real quick aside I named one of my TVs the Devastator awesome yeah that <laughs> yeah, was a good TV
2: <laughs> uh so yeah the Devastator is is the tank of the game uh they heal the same way as a trickster so by close range damage and uh If it's a close-range kill, they actually leech health somehow from the person who's dying, essentially. Uh, They also get added health and armor, uh, which comes in super handy. Like Joey said, he was struggling with some of the stuff because this guy was not made to fight close-range. The Devastator is made to jump right in, get dirty, and just cause all sorts of havoc up front. And it's really, really fun. So one of the skills that I really 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 liked is um i forget what it was called gravity leap i believe where i basically jump super high into the air um and then you can teleport down somewhere on the battle like you can pick wherever you want um, so behind a person or on top of a person most of the time uh, or big groups of people and it just does massive damage and because you heal as you do that damage you would heal so it's kind of one where i would save for certain periods of time I got really low on health I could just fly way up into the sky avoid all damage crash down into somebody and
0: heal to full which made it super great did you uh picture Dunham when you were crashing down on those dudes um no it's alright if you did we're all friends here
2: <laughs> I, I can't say that I did but now that I do every yeah. single time I play yeah. I'm going well, to from now
0: on but when you got behind them
2: no <laughs> No, Tom, no.
0: <laughs> Are you sure? I'm,
2: I'm pretty sure, yes. <laughs> uh, so almost all the devastator skills uh, manipulated the environment in some way. So they could fortify themselves in stone, which granted extra armor. You could cause smaller tremor- tremors or larger earthquakes to do more of an AOE damage effect around people. Um, one of the, my other favorite things that I used was you could create a force field around Myself uh, And the force field actually absorbed all the damage that was incoming at you. And then after 10 seconds, it would fling all that damage out forward into whoever is in front of you or around you. Nice. Um, And it also, um, for anybody who tried to melee you, would actually do reflect the damage immediately back to them.
0: Interesting. That was also a super cool looking ability. Like you could see the bullets stopping like Matrix style. Yeah, I, unfo- awesome.
2: I unfortunately could not see it, so I'm glad it looked super awesome to you because for me it was just like I could just kind of see a yellow shield in front of me and I could see the bullets hitting that shield. Um, but it was super helpful too for um, reviving you guys. Well, actually, I had to equip a special skill to, or uh, I think mod, not skill, mod to one of my uh, pieces of armor where it allowed me to actually shoot um, while you are have the shield up. So normally you're not able to shoot while that's up, which, and then you can actually control when you want the damage to reflect back. Uh, the the mod actually let me shoot while it was on and uh, it was just the, all the damage would uh, get reflected back after 10 seconds. But, when I had that mod on, I could actually throw up the force field, move around the environment. If somebody was down, I could walk all the way over to you and have 10 seconds to get to you while I couldn't take any damage, which was super helpful. Yeah. And in the meantime, most of the time it was healing me because I was getting uh, meleeed and, and things in the process, which were healing me. So
0: That was super helpful because you often had trouble finding us when we were down. Not that I ever died. It was always Burns, but.
2: <laughs> it was a challenge to find, even though it was on the mini-map. Like, actually, when yeah. you'd get on t- sometimes I was standing around top of you and I still couldn't yep. see you guys. But a lot of times, it was because we were kind of hunkered down behind cover, so trying to find where it was was a little bit challenging.
0: I think it might have been a technology issue here, because you were playing on the Xbox One. Burns, you were playing on the Series S. I was playing on the Series X. You guys had, like, a red skull above you when you were down on my screen. So, like, it was never any problem to pick up your corpses. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I I sometimes could see that, but I struggled like when we were playing just the two of us Tom that one time. I it's had a hard time because I never died.
0: You. Never died.
1: Right. Never, not one time. Right. That that boss fight when I revived you like five times.
0: Okay, the spider the, <laughs> the spider was made of fire, dude. Like the fire mage can't hurt the fire spider. That's just like logic. That's science. That's biology. You can't blame me for biology.
1: It's science. <laughs> But I, I think one thing to point out, since you brought up the revives, uh, so how the reviving works is that each character gets one free revive where you can revive yourself. And then after that, throughout that combat, you can't revive yourself again. So you need one of your friends to revive you. And then if all, all of the people in the party, up to three, uh, if you're all down at the same time, you lose and you have to restart the fight. Yep.
0: and two thoughts here first off the strategy i think we gravitated towards was we would just revive ourselves at first because like yep. you you get that one free extra life basically and like we would i started the game trying to save that and trying to have you guys revive but like if one of us goes down like the other two have enough going on yep. that like you just need that extra firepower to pop back up right away well
1: and even if you have that free revive left if you're the last person to go down you wipe you don't have the chance to use that revive which carries over to solo where you don't get a free revive if you die you die and you have to restart the fight
0: let's talk about dying really quickly here there were a couple of times where we ran into particularly tough fights that we i recall one where we had to do it five six seven times which generally in a game is frustrating and yeah we don't like to lose but I thought this game did an exceptional job of still rewarding you when you die. Like, it would auto-loot all the gear in the yeah. battlefield, which was amazing. You'd get a healthy chunk of XP for the enemies that you did take down. You'd still progress your world tier so that you could make the game harder and get better loot. What were your guys' takeaways on the the death mechanic and how they rewarded you? Was it frustrating when we ran into those moments, or did the game do a good enough job of rewarding us so that it wasn't agonizing?
2: I thought it was... Uh... Like you said, I actually didn't mind it at all. It it sucks when you die, obviously, mm-hmm. but when you are, like you said, being able to gain something from it, um, it, it makes it not as, as bad. I mean, your character is still advancing, your character is still getting better, you're still getting gear to potentially upgrade so you can beat it next time, which is something that doesn't happen in a whole lot of games.
1: I agree with co-op, it was, it was fine, because you're seeing all the stuff drop at the end of the fight and you're like, okay. And then you can disassemble it all right away and then jump back in uh, and say like, okay, let's try this. Let's try that. I think solo, it was a lot more frustrating.
0: Interesting. I didn't, I didn't mind as much solo either. I, I really thought they did a good job of rewarding you when you died in this game.
1: Yeah. Solo. Solo, I think was a much more frustrating experience for me. Um, I still enjoyed playing the game and I still like enjoyed the shooting and everything like that, but it was not nearly as fun as playing with at least one other person um, for me. And part of it might be class related too, because my class would be, my class I think is very, very difficult to play solo um, or I'd have to tweak it so much and play it so differently from how I was playing it to make it work. I think from a solo standpoint Um, and maybe I could do that and figure that out better, but Uh, but yeah, I, I struggled with the solo and and I still would like to play it through and finish it, but I would rather play it with other people than
2: play it solo. Sure. The Devastator shined as a solo character. (laughs) I didn't get to play it a whole lot. I played it probably just three hours through solo and I didn't, the only time I died was fighting that stupid ass spider, which was a really tough fight. Like I know you guys said you struggled when you guys played against it, uh, the two of you together. And and solo it was it was tough, but I never died one other time as a devastator in, in my three hour run. We only wiped to it once, though.
0: Did we wipe? I thought we cleared it on the first try. Did we clear it? Yeah, you had to revive me four or five times, yeah. but I think we got through it on the first. Did we? Attempt. Okay,
1: I couldn't remember if we wiped on it once. Uh, Oh, it was, we wiped on the the bird things. Yeah,
0: those birds were so annoying. Yeah.
1: And then we were like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And then the next time we beat them, it was just like, it seemed to go easier. I don't know. Fire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I changed the skill. Fire bullets. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. My, My
2: bullets were, I have had incendiary bullets, so shooting them with fire worked really well.
0: Well, speaking of your bullets case, what kind of weapons did you gravitate towards with the Devastator?
2: The shotgun was an obvious choice for just the type, so it does massive damage at close range. Every single time I hit somebody with a shotgun blast at close range, I would heal, so it made sense to use that. The only problem with the shotgun is that it is pretty limited mm-hmm. in your ammo capacity, so you're reloading constantly. Um, so what I did is when I either ran out of bullets with the shotgun, um, I used the as assault rifle. I can't remember which one I specifically used. One with a bigger clip and did moderate amount of damage, but I had a, um, I added a healing effect Onto that one too So every single time I hit something with that bullet I would heal myself as well So I was kind of offsetting What I was doing So I could jump back into cover Shoot, heal up with my assault rifle Jump back up, hopefully Find some ammo laying on the ground or whatever To keep blasting away with my shotgun
0: you were very Hulk-like. <laughs> I played the Pyromancer, which is the game's mage equivalent. Basically, my game was to light dudes on fire, and then when those enemies that are burning die, you get healed. So I, you guys both had to be up close and personal with enemies to kill or to heal. I could heal from anywhere on the battlefield, so I chose to keep my distance. <clears throat> Excuse me. I primarily used my sniper rifle, and then when enemies would get close, I'd use a light machine gun with the biggest clip I could get, basically to just pepper them with bullets as I sprinted backwards, looking for more cover and waiting for my fire abilities to recharge.
1: I think what was also interesting about like you being able to heal from the guy that was on fire is that we could see that, and so like I could prioritize that guy and try to kill him so that you could proc the skill more often, you know, and hopefully help you more. And so I think that was that was helpful to sort of see. And I think that's in general, they do a really good job of visualizing the abilities that people are using to everybody on the field so that you know you can take advantage of it, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we mentioned that with your, uh, we called it the time bubble. I forget what the actual skill was called. Uh, Yeah, something like that. Whatever, it's a time bubble. Yeah, pretty much. Slow (laughs) trap. (laughs) Uh, I use my first two abilities for most of the game. The first one is called heat wave. It basically shoots a wave of fire at enemies and anyone caught up in that wave gets... And turned on fire the next one was thermal bomb and that would mark somebody it would start, set someone across the battlefield on fire and then when they died they would explode and they'd do damage to all the other enemies around them which was super helpful when i was playing on my own and then later in the game i unlocked the phaser beam which is basically an iron man blast of fire straight out straight ahead out of your chest and it was just Awesome! I use all my mods to decrease the cooldown, increase the blast radius, increase the damage. So it was my fastest recharging skill, and I just melt everyone directly in front of me. Team Iron Man, huh? Team Iron Man. Nice. Yeah. That's all. Register. Did they <laughs> when you hit them with your blast? Did they burn? Like, did you get healed when that happened? I did heal, and they would be too dead to burn because it did something like 3,000 damage. Oh wow. oh, wow. Yeah, it was massive. <laughs> did
1: it, it have was... a pretty long timer, cooldown
0: timer? or No, with the mod, it was my fastest ability. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it uh, it was very powerful. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, it was awesome being the uh, pyromancer. I loved playing with you guys. I could play it well on my own. It, was, it wasn't a very Tom class, but <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> The other class in this game is the Technomancer. The Technomancer uses gadgets to control the battlefield. I read online that is the easiest class to solo the game as. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'd be interested in playing, but I just can't imagine myself playing through this game multiple times as the different classes.
1: Just it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have enough to like hold your interest through another play playthrough. You don't think?
0: I'll jump to the end of the page. I enjoyed this game very much. I had a lot of fun, especially in the moment-to-moment. and It was fun a fun thing to do with you guys. By the end of thy time prepping for the show, I was a little sick of it. It just didn't have okay. enough variety for me. Okay, cool. it was just going to the arena, blast the dudes. Going to the arena, blast these dudes. Oh, here's a mini boss, blast that dude. And I mean, we know how much you love blasting dudes, so yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I think I'm friends with you guys. <laughs> Shifting gears, all three of us are really into strong narratives in this, in games. There's a lot going on in this game. I'm going to do a quick plot summary after I catch my microphone, and then we can break down the narrative in this game. Two ships were humanity's last hope on Earth, and one crashed before leaving the system. The other ships arrives on the idyllic new planet of Enoch, and your avatar is on the front line scouting the new digs. Basically, they were in cryosleep for, I think, 80 years. They get thawed out, and then there's on their first day, there's a horrible storm that basically kills everybody. You're exposed to it, and then you get dumped into cryosleep for another 30 years. So by the time you experience your second day on this planet, 110 years have passed since you left Earth. You're frying Futurama. You're totally frying Futurama. Oh, I didn't mention my character name. I was named Bellyfro.
2: I don't think I noticed that, but I would have laughed really loud at that if I had seen that. Yeah, no, I was
0: I was a woman with a mohawk named Bellyfro. 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 I was Tonka. And Girl Alt of Rivia. Yes. We're very creative people. <laughs> So you're in cryo sleep. You awake and find that humanity has destroyed the planet. All technology is fried, and you have superpowers. From there, you go on a series of missions to help the good guys overcome the insurgents.
1: So all of you during the pandemic that were hoping you could just escape Earth and go somewhere nice, it it, it wouldn't matter. You're just gonna. We're humans are just gonna ruin wherever we go. Yeah,
0: grass, we can't have grass nice is things. Not always greener. Right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Joey, you played games like Wolfenstein and Titanfall that lead the way in narrative-based shooters. How does Outriders fare in this arena?
1: So don't get me wrong, because I actually really enjoy what they do with the story in Outriders, and I think it's compelling and humorous, and I'm interested to see where it goes and how everything wraps up, but it doesn't and in no way could ever hold a candle to those two games or more narrative-based uh, shooters simply because whenever you're playing a game co-op, I think it gets in the way of the storytelling. It, it, it just, it's that added level of complication because sometimes if you wanted to take time to look into something or to relax into something, you're jumping into
0: the next mission or you don't want to hold everybody else up. It feels like you are looking specifically <laughs> at me and my incessant on running into the next mission, hitting the next button, moving into the next area here. Burnsy, why do you hate me? It's not that I, it's not that I hate you. And, and it's, it's,
1: it's, it's the same problem I have with Borderlands and it I've had it with Borderlands, no matter who I've played it with, whether it was you or anybody else is that, you know, sometimes if you want it, because it gives you the option to talk to the different characters to get more information from them about different things. Uh, and then there's different things that you can do in the hub world. You could go crafting, you could do this, you could do that. And, you know, you might start delving into some of that stuff while you're waiting for other people. And then if somebody starts to go into the next area, it's like, hey, exit out of this screen so that you can respond that you don't want to go yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do it while you're in the cutscene or whatever. And so... It, I, and co-op games in general, I, I this the same thing with skill leveling in Borderlands is I never feel like I have the time to look at it, to really think about what I'm choosing on the skill tree to actually level it in a certain way. So there'd be a lot of times when we'd be playing that I just wouldn't level up for a while uh, until like either at the end of the session or whatever, because it's just, I don't, have enough time to process all of this and we want to just do the next thing because i don't want to sit here for 15 minutes doing nothing i mean I'm, i feel the same way when we're together and playing i want to i want to play i want to get through as much as we can and then try to go through some of the stuff later but that makes it difficult to tell a story on the level of what you're telling in wolfenstein and titanfall 2 in just how cinematic it is and, and a game like this just can't do that i don't think
0: I think it's fascinating looking at the ways that we all process information. Like, Casey, I like to poke fun at you because you're very analytical. You like to think very deeply about things. And, yeah, I have a strategic side in my mind that likes to do the deep thing, too. But when I see information, like, I can generally scan it, make a snap decision that I think is the best in the moment, and then move on. Burns, it sounds like you might be a little closer to Casey with leveling and the way your brain processes information.
1: To an extent, I... I get stuck in analysis paralysis a lot. I think that's where I end up falling down. Uh, and then the other problem I have is, is I want to try to read everything and absorb like as much as I possibly can. And so I'll easily get sidetracked with wandering around and seeing what's over here, or what's over there, or reading through this like log that we unlocked or, or whatnot. Um, if if I'm not careful, I'll just delve down that stuff for, you know, 10, 15 minutes just looking at what it is that we saw, and so I think I think that's that that's one of those things that just until someone figures out how to make some of that stuff work better from a co-op standpoint, um, or how to deliver a story more interestingly from a co-op standpoint, I don't know that co-op games will ever have a story that rivals a more solo cinematic experience.
2: Is this a game? where you could see yourself going back and playing through as a different character just so you could get a more overall narrative driven experience for this game
1: I, I I probably would if there was not the aspect of having time to play the other things I'm playing and doing the other things that I'm doing uh, if like time wasn't in it, I like I definitely would like I, I'd want to go through and play through as all the classes not all the way through the game but at least a little bit to get a feel for how how each of them play. And then play through once all the way through just to like absorb things as they come um, and take time with it. I think the other spot where the game probably wouldn't, uh... the other thing that a co-op game struggles with is like games like Titanfall two with mission structure and level design do so many interesting and different things that I just don't think you could make work in a co-op game. Like, with how the level will evolve or change as you as you're approaching it, like I think the timing from a multiplayer standpoint would make it so much more difficult to do. When a lot of it's probably based upon what your one character is going through, uh, like Titanfall Two has some really crazy things it does with a mission. I don't think you could ever make that work in a multiplayer standpoint. Uh, and so, from a co-op perspective, a game is limited on what it can do to really make it a huge, interesting cinematic experience.
0: They should just lock everything up in grimoire cards. No, that's even worse. You don't want to download a companion app? I mean, it's just...
1: It just feels weird. Like, it felt weird reading that on my phone. And, I don't know, and maybe it was the way it was laid out, but... How I just thought that it was a weird system.
0: And I know that video games have gone a million degrees in the opposite direction, but wouldn't it be great if you could like buy a game, get the physical copy and get like the lore book with it. So like you could read a collection of short stories that builds out the world and the characters that you're acting with. That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, some collector's edition do things like that, but it would be interesting for that. Um, But like the way I play through the Witcher three, there's no way I could play that with anybody else. And there's no way I could even stream that. Like, People would be bored out of their minds the way I play The Witcher 3 because it's like I pick up a book. If I haven't read it yet, I'm reading through that from top to bottom. (laughs) I see someone that I can play Gwent with. I'm playing Gwent with them until I beat them and get their card. Uh, I see a shopkeeper I haven't been to yet. I look and see what I can purchase off of them and make a note mentally of what I want to come back and get later. Do they have food because I know I'm going to need food or water to heal myself? Uh, it's it's a, such a slow, methodical way to play the game that I don't think would be interesting to anybody else but me.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so that so that that's like a very different play style than would work um, that would work for like other people uh, or to play with other people. I
0: think you need a Tom and you chat for Witcher streams for sure. <laughs> I'd stir that pot, <laughs> Casey. You liked the way that the antagonist interacted with the world. Yeah,
2: I thought it was just really. Funny at times, just a super dry sense of humor, straight to the point. Um, just I I really, I really kind of enjoyed the way the narrative is going so far. Um, I can 100% see your point though, Joey. Where, like, you know, as Tom mentioned, I'm super analytical, like, I'm the same thing, I can just sit in a weapons thing forever trying to cycle through and make sure that i have everything oh yeah correctly.
0: oh i've played this game with you i'm aware yes yes, 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 yes you
2: are casey, you, done yet? Casey,
0: you done yet casey you done yet
2: tom yes wait let me just yeah no that's me do it to a t so i can 100 percent see where you are coming from joey uh, and i definitely haven't played as many games as you um did have some of these just fantastic narratives but uh so far i'm i'm really liking what this game has to offer um i like the character i like the uh the main storyline some of the side quests are a little weak to me but um just his interaction with everyone and it just i thought several moments of the game so far i, I was just belly laughing as he was <laughs> interacting with some of the characters around
0: and i'm really interested in the main story but it has some holes like i want to know what the anomaly is i want to know what that storm is that's ruining all technology i'm super interested in that and the game moved on from the first city too fast. There's a really interesting character in the first city who's just, like, a young scientist when you go into cryosleep, and then you come back, and she's a seasoned leader mm-hmm. of, like, the civilization. It's like, what the hell happened? You lost an eye. Like, what's going on here? And then, zoop, you're walking down a corridor in another area. And then, zoop, you're off to the next area. And on that note, like... When I last played,
1: I went back to the first city. I was like, "Hey, maybe there's going to be side quests. Maybe there's going to be more that I can do there to get more of that from like Shira or or any of the other characters you meet there." And it's like, other than turning in the relics that you find to the one old lady, there's nothing there. And it's just like, ah, like something like that would have been would have been interesting. I think I agree with you on that.
0: Yes. The, the characters were interesting, just not very fleshed out. Like there was Shira that you mentioned, and there was the coked out dude in the forest. Like, yeah. I, they had some really interesting character design, and I just, I'm, I'd like some more. I'd like to know more about this world and what's going on in it. Outside of the narrative, where does this game struggle? Casey, I think uh, you had some issues. No, it was Joey. You had issues the first night. Your head disappeared. Your body disappeared. Yeah, Everything body disappeared. disappeared.
1: Yeah, so I found a bug where if I turned it so that my helmet was invisible so that, cause I, I wanted to see a uh, girl out of Rivia's head, uh, not just some funky mask. <laughs> Once I had a helmet that was better than my hood. Uh, and, and so every time I would use my teleport ability, almost the entire body, except for my gun and one or two armor pieces would disappear. And it wasn't just for me. It would be for everybody. It's just like this gun and chest piece and, and boots moving around on the world. And it would happen every time until I turned my helmet back on and then everything would reappear.
0: Which is a funny bug. Like it was certainly disconcerting to just see this disembodied gun <laughs> running around. But it got to the point where like your abilities wouldn't fire. Yeah,
1: it was it was it was really gimping out a lot of how things would work. Uh, and, like, aiming was weird, too, for a while with it. Because you don't have any freaking eyes. Right, right. So it was tricky. Uh, but, they released a patch after that play session, and I haven't had it happen since. So, I think that patch might have fixed a lot of those bugs, but there's still quite a bit of jank.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had a couple, uh, odd bugs, too. Uh, the one time we were playing, I froze completely. Uh, I went into, and I don't know if this is something they added afterwards or not, but the, uh, um the emotes you know what I'm talking about oh you yeah, find yeah. That. so you, got, like, you use your left toggle uh, and you can do emotes and I accidentally <laughs> hit that and somehow when I did that like the game just completely froze like the emote screen was up and I could select it but I couldn't get out of it so I ended
0: up having to shut down the entire Xbox to get back into the game so that one kind of sucked uh-huh. I had one bad one, too. We turned in a side quest, and, like, the person that you turn it into suddenly became a vendor for me. Oh, yeah. Oh I, yes. Yeah. And, like, I was locked in this vendor screen. I could not go away. I also had to power down and jump back into the game. Yeah. yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, and
2: I think, I don't know if this is a bug or not, but I still can't figure out. In our last playthrough, Tom and I, I was trying to change out one of my Tier 2 mods, and it was, it would completely lock that Tier 2 mod, even though I had, other ones available to substitute in for it and it just would not let me so i still i haven't gone back and to see if i can do it now that, in a new game but it, it would not let me do it it really pissed me off because i turned it in a quest and the armor that was available to me was ones i already had at the epic level so it was the max that i could get to it so i specifically chose this one for that tier two mod mm. so i could salvage it to get that mod and i can't equip the damn thing that stinks so that was that was kind of frustrating too
0: we've talked about how fun the moment-to-moment action is bernsey you had a couple of issues with the combat in this game most notably the cover left some thing to be desired
1: yeah it just there would be way too many times where you wouldn't snap to something correctly or i don't know it just felt like it felt like you would get into cover and sometimes you'd be able to stay there but sometimes you wouldn't um, it felt like vaulting over things sometimes worked and sometimes didn't, uh, and it wasn't very clear as to wh- why I couldn't vault over it because um, it looked like cover just like
0: everything else. This got so frustrating for me because each one of my pyromancer abilities, like I live behind cover, but I fire ability. Character has to stand up, fires the ability. Sometimes they go back into cover, sometimes they don't. Yep. So like I'm like, oh, I'm getting shot in the face. I better get back into cover. So I hit A instead of going into cover. I jump over the cover. It's like, oh no, they're all shooting me in the face. Awesome.
2: Yeah, that happened to me all the time too with my character Or every single time I'd be down on character and then I would throw up that impale one, Mm -hmm. which looks super badass. But (laughs) um, every time I did that, it would pull my character out of cover and not go back into it. So I'd have to toggle right back into it if I I wanted to get back into cover.
0: So definitely some cover issues in this game. And then the weirdest thing about a shooter, I've played a lot of shooters and there's a lot of systems, there's a lot of mechanics, there's a lot of things that... Carry over the one thing that is consistent in every single shooter ever made. I'm pretty sure it's ever made. Every single shooter ever made, you hit R2, you chuck a grenade. That's just uh-huh. how shooters work.
2: <laughs> yeah, and there's no grenades in this game. No,
0: and, and the way I've head cannoned it
1: is that the players can't have grenades because the enemies have all of them and throw them at you every freaking second they have the chance. It's like. We don't get a chance to do that. Granted, they don't have the anomaly powers and crap like that. But it's like, why can't we throw this crap back at them even? Like, they're just chucking grenade after grenade after mortar after every incendiary in the book at you. And you just
0: don't have it. You can't do it. You can't figure it out. It's just like, what's that thing there? It's going to explode. It's, it's so bad that, like, they <laughs> dissipate into grenades when they die. Like, the body yes. disappears. And, like, the grenade is flashing on the ground waiting to take you out. Yes, yes I, I like I like to
1: think it's, like, a story beat later where it's just, like, oh, yes, they're all made out of explosives. And that's that's what the anomaly is, and you just detest explosives.
0: <laughs> Such a curious design decision. And it's not, like, ah. I don't have ranged abilities. Like, I shot a blast of fire out of my chest for crying out loud. <laughs> like, just a curious thing that you couldn't have grenades in this game. The
1: only thing I can think is it's, like, a game balance thing. But, like... I don't know. Like it just it just feels weird since they all have it like that you just can't do anything with it. Just give uh, me
0: two grenades. Exactly. Just give me two grenades. <laughs> right. There's a restock after every like arena and I'll get my two grenades back. Like just give me two like mm-hmm. I also learned in this game there's no Witcher senses. You mentioned how much Witcher we've been playing. <laughs> getting ready for this and in that game, I live with holding down L two, which is aim in Outriders. Mm-hmm. So like, I'd be running down a hallway and like, oh, I wonder if there's any shinies in here. Oh, aiming at the wall. <laughs> Super productive. Uh, for me, the one of the ways this game struggled is that every quest and all traversal boils down to grab some cover, shoot all the dudes, go to the next thing, shoot all the dudes. I like that the side quests are limited. Like there are side optional side things to do in this game. And I like that there's only a handful of them. So like, it's not death by a million side quests, Mm -hmm. but they all boil down to go into the room, shoot all the dudes. I could have used some kind of variety. And yeah, there's Hans. You get to fight a handful of monsters too, but basically you walk into the monsters lair, you shoot the monster. Like, I could they not have designed a single side quest that's horde mode where you're just getting swarmed by enemies and you just have to hold your ground like anything to break up the rhythm yeah
2: what about the side quest we did uh two days ago where we climb up this cavern into the rope you're running up to a hut thinking you're gonna fight all these bad guys there's a woman sweeping the floor (laughs) and she yells at you for a while says get the hell out of my house you take the token and you leave side quest over (laughs)
0: That was a refreshing change of face. That's I can't funny. believe that I spaced on that. That was so funny. <laughs> That's this funny. Is, and it was like a huge space. Like there was so much going on. I'm like, there's gotta be something here. They're like, what, what are we missing? They're asking. Nope. It was just, nope. Just a little cutscene and just, a chest just, like tucked around the corner. Yep. Just a
2: woman sweeping her house out, yelling at her boyfriend.
0: Who's taking a dump. Good times. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, going off
1: of that, it's not just the side quests that end up like that, but a lot of your main encounters too, is it's like. It's like you're just walking into this monster closet, and this the the different times that the different types of enemies come in varies, but it's usually the same types, just in a different order, um, or maybe more of certain ones. Uh, but it's like you're just fighting these waves upon waves upon waves until you survive it, and then that's it, and you move on to the next spot to do the same thing. It, it like so many of the encounters just felt so similar with the only difference being the environment that you're in and where your cover is and how to figure out your way through it, which is I think interesting for a while. Uh, but I think it just, it starts to fall apart after a bit. And I, I wish there was a little bit more, more times where there was more variation to those encounters instead of most of the encounters, just dropping and devolving into the same type of thing. Um, I don't know. I, I I I just I wish there was just a little bit more of that, and that's something with a sequel that they probably can do. Uh, they can get more creative. They'll have more money probably behind it since it's made a buttload for for Square Enix, you know. And, and and so I think it's one of those things where a Outriders two could be bigger and better and and more interesting and more fun and have a lot more to it. Uh, and I'd be excited for that at least.
0: So if I'm reading your final takeaways correctly here, you hate this game with a fiery burning passion. You think that every class sucks and uh, you just want the sequel to be better. Is that an apt summary of your feelings towards Outriders? No, it's actually, I I thought the game was a ton of fun.
1: Uh, It's up there with the division for me in the most fun I've had in a co-op shooter. It has some rough edges, uh, but I think it's just, it's, it's a really endearing game. The, the humor is done far better than Borderlands. And maybe it's just that there's been more Borderlands and I'm kind of sick of the humor that it's devolved into now. Uh, but it, it's more effective than that is. And I think there's enough story to engage with inside of an interesting world. And it's it feels like a unique kind of world, even though it's similar to a lot of these other games. It's unique enough to make it interesting for me. I'd also be interested to see like what they could come up with with like different anomaly powers, um, and could could you have four player co op next time, like every other game has?
0: Yeah, especially with four classes. Yes, yeah. Casey, Casey, you've never played a video game before. Are you gonna? Are you gonna stick with this thing? You're gonna go home and put your Xbox One in the dumpster? No,
2: I, I I'm loving this game so far. I the gameplay moment to moment is fantastic. Playing solo, uh, although still fun, uh, is not as much fun uh, playing with friends in the co-op.
0: And I think a large part of that is just, like, the spectacular visual effects of seeing your buddies pop off their abilities. Like, this game has such a visual panache, especially Mm -hmm. in the battlefield. That just sets it apart from, like, minuscule bullets flying across back and forth. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like you know when joey throws up that shield and then you light every single person inside of it on fire and then i launch up into the air come down smashing and blow everybody up in the middle i mean that's super cool to watch happen unfolding in front of you um and then like i also really like how the difficulty ramps up as you are playing with more people uh and then you know some of the instances although challenging like you said you get a chance to kind of go back and, and repeat them over and over again and you can talk about strategy until you are able to beat them.
0: Until Casey goes full-time. One of my favorite memories from this <laughs> game, there was one fight in particular that we had a really hard time with. It was a difficult arena to pin down because it kind of wrapped around this pillar and guys would swarm out and then like, you get through the first phase and then the big bad comes with a whole swarm of other enemies and we got it down to one last guy and I'm saying, all right, here's how we need to position ourselves. This is the order that we need to sequence our ability off. I would say that I went full like MMO raid type organization uh-huh. on this thing and like, while I'm in the middle of my monologue, Casey just pops the last dude in the face and like, here comes the swarm. It's like, oh, all right, great. <laughs> Leron Jenkins. Well, here we go. So this, is, so this is what it's like playing games with me. Weird. Yeah. What a weird world. Well, it funny because I'm pretty sure he was like, oh, this is the guy we need to kill. Bam. <laughs> I got the last one, guys. <laughs> Uh, I love this game. I had a lot of fun with it. I like that it was a smaller scope of a game. Like there are so many big, massive games with these awesome, immersive game worlds, and that's that's great. Like I'm really, truly loving playing The Witcher Three as we prepare for that episode of Outside Is Overrated. But I'm at a stage of my life where I have limited time, and this is not a short game. But I would say it's like a medium-length game. It's a very manageable scope. There isn't a million things to do, but there there are things to do. It's interesting, and I just. For this stage of my life right now, this is the like perfect shooter for me right now. I had a lot of fun playing this. This is a super fun group shooter. I also love the upgrade system. But yeah. we went into that in yeah. detail earlier. Uh, yes. You guys have any other thoughts on Outriders before we close up the show here?
1: Play it. It's fun. Who would have thought we were going to play so many games this year from Polish
0: developers? Yeah, this and The Medium, right? Oh, yeah. and, the, and Witcher. the Witcher. Yeah. Outside is Overrated is Expanding Beyond Cultural Boundaries. That was weird. Yeah. And I don't edit this show, so it's just going to live on the internet forever. Yeah. Huh. So you guys super excited to play a really old game next month or what? I am. Yeah, I kind of am too. It's all, like I saw I was on Game Pass and I downloaded it to my PC instantly. Next month on Game Pass Forever, we will be playing Myst. <laughs> M- M-Y-S-T. Myst. <laughs> Welcome to Mist, a starkly beautiful island, eerily tinged with mystery and shrouded in intrigue. Journey to Mist Island and other stunning, long-dormant locations called ages, and begin to unravel the mystery you have been thrust into. Everyone loves a good thrusting. As you learn what... (laughs) As you learn what happened on the island, you will find that you are playing a key role in an epic story whose ending has not yet been written. Explore deeper connections in these stunning and surreal ages, uncover a story of ruthless family betrayal, and make choices that will affect both you and the world of Mist itself. So none of us played this game back in the day, right? Right. This is a recent remaster. So it's a 30-year-old game? Yeah, something yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, we all know that I love old games, so I am super excited for this experience. <laughs> I
2: hope it's as fun as Castlevania.
0: Oh, oh gosh, I hope so, too. Bernsey, <laughs> real quick, you put this one up for voting. Why did you want to play this game?
1: Uh, it's a classic that I never played, and, I mean, you know my sensibilities, and since it's been remastered, uh, I, it's probably going to be the best way to play it. And so I figured it would be a nice change of pace, palette cleanser from a lot of the things that I've been playing recently that we've all been playing. So I think it would be, it'll be good to see how something that came out that long ago
0: holds up now. Yeah, we've been playing a lot of awesome new games. Let's play something crappy and old. Woo! Classic and iconic is what you're trying to say. Yeah, crappy and old. Thank you so much for listening to Game Pass Forever, the standalone segment of Outside is Overrated. If you enjoy this content, please back our show on Patreon. This segment is tied to a specific tier on Patreon. You can back us for as little as $2 a month, but at $10, you get an extra podcast from Tom and Joey and sometimes Casey. Check it out at patreon.com slash OIO. That is patreon.com slash OIO. For Dr. C, Casey and for Hobby Box Joe Burns, I'm Tom Sedlachik. Stay inside, kids.